On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Grindhouse Girls friends and family. This is Brittany. I usually write the episode intros every week, but this week was a very busy week, and rather than write the episode intro like I normally do, I instead took a nap because self-care is highly, highly important, and we preach it every week, so we did want to let you guys know that. I'm sorry, but I promise I'll be back and better than ever next week with the intro, and we are just excited to talk about We Are Still Here this week, which is, of course, streaming on Amazon Prime. intro yeah hi katie's here too sorry yeah i know <laughs> we've been doing a post-mortem of our week so yes um and allergies are hella crazy yes. in alabama right now so if we both sound a little stuffed up we're actually not sick we're just allergic to everything around us that's true yeah and i even on our fur baby friday today i was like i'm gonna take a lot of walks this weekend if i can just stop sneezing yeah. <laughs> So last weekend, the weather was really beautiful, and my parents and I took the dogs to a state park that I hadn't been to in a really long time. And it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. But when I got home, I was like, my face hurts from all the pollen. And I'm going to have to, like, immediately take a shower just to wash all the pollen. And I gave, I wiped Gizmo down, too, because, like, he also has allergies. So it was just been, it's been intense. It's been really intense. Other than that, how are we doing? It's been a crazy week. You know a little bit that I was in Portland for a couple days visiting a friend who lost a loved one that also was a friend of mine and um there was a beautiful memorial service and yeah portland's beautiful it's you know the slogan for portland's keep portland weird so there's a lot of like quirky (laughs) quirky things that we're not used to seeing in the south and dive bars and just weird so like i got chicken parmesan katsu at this little um place yeah it's called that sounds right those are both very similar you think so because it was like a specialty item that katsu's breaded and so is chicken parmesan Mm, okay they're both breaded chicken cutlets so honestly like it's very similar i mean i think the flavors are different Mm -hmm. but like the cooking method is very similar because katsu is breaded cutlet yeah right yeah, I think yeah. that sounds right. And that's what chicken parmesan is. You just also put the sauce on it. We had it at this restaurant called uh, Baka Umai, which means stupid delicious. Was it like a fusion restaurant or was it a very specific? Yeah, it was supposed to be like ramen and like katsu okay. and like more like, I guess, traditional like Asian fare. But the parmesan that day was like, I guess, something that they were just trying out. But it was really, really good. So yeah, we, we did that. Ooh. And then there was this place, McKinnigan's, I think, where it's like... Like, it's this, like, huge, like, hotel, but it has, like, 14 different bars there. So there's, like, a little specialty oh, bar. I feel like they've mentioned that in Portland, India. Oh. Like, the name sounds familiar. Yeah. Did you see the Women women First Bookstore? Did you go there? No, I didn't. Sorry. Not- it wasn't really a sightseeing yeah. trip. So I was like, <laughs> but I, I watch a lot of Portland, India. Yeah. And there's a 
bookstore. You've seen Portlandia, right? I haven't. I've heard things about Portlandia, but I've never seen it. Oh, it's... Is, I think it's still on Netflix. Yeah. If it's not, find it. It's hilarious. Probably, I think it's more funny probably if you know Portland, but it kind of makes fun of hipster culture. Like, lovingly pokes fun at it. Like, yeah. it's written by Carrie Brownstein and uh, Fred Armisen. So she grew up in Portland. So she really loves Portland. And I think Fred Armisen has either lived there. So there, it's like a loving, like, poke fun at the culture kind of thing. Yeah. But they both play these feminist bookstore owners and they're some of the funniest skits they do but they just film it at a local bookstore that really exists that's cool in portland so like if i ever go to portland i have to go to that bookstore if it's still there because it's just i don't know but it it sounds like a nice place to live yeah i wish you didn't have to go for such a sad time yeah i wish it was a bittersweet trip because obviously it was bitter for that reason but it was sweet because i got to see a lot of beautiful faces i hadn't seen in a couple years and that was really nice but I wanted to go ahead and ask, did you watch any? How? Well, first off, I didn't ask you, did you have a good weekend? And second, if did you watch anything this week? I did have a good weekend. If I didn't say it last week, I finally figured out how to say the director of Coda's first name. It's Sean. Mm-hmm. It's Sean. Yeah. I said Cian, and I'm sorry. I may have said that last week. But anyways, but I was like, if I didn't already say it, I feel like I need to say it. I had a good weekend. I actually went and saw our friend and listener, Tyree in a play, which I hadn't gotten to see. Hey, Tyree. I hadn't gotten to see Tyree in a play since we were in a play together. I think it was You're in Town. I got me and our friend Bethany. If Bethany's listening, hey, Bethany. We murdered Tyree in that play. Not really. But um, (laughs) we got to tango with him and then we murdered him. Me and my my friend Barbara went to see this play and it was really good. And it's called Significant Other, and it was a show I'd never seen before, so I didn't have any expectations, which I think is the best way to go in to see a show, because you're just like, I don't, I'm just gonna let the show take me. So it was really fun, it was a cute show, it was funny. Also, I feel like I'm having the same life as the main character, because it's like all of their friends get married in the play, and they're still searching for love, and like, they find somebody, and then the person like, isn't ready to move on from their ex. And so they're like, I was like, oh my God. I'm sorry. It was mirroring a lot of my current life and a lot of conversations I've had with my friends. I was like, well, that was really close to home there for me. But it was a really good show. And it was mostly funny. I really liked it. And it was pretty modern. I don't know how new of a show it was. I really liked it. And it was just nice to see some live theater finally. So that was fun. And then I ended up watching Bridgerton season two, all of it. Did you Have you seen it yet? I've seen the first five episodes. So I have three more to go. So I actually really liked season two because there was a lot of plot that I enjoyed. However, there's not as much hanky-panky. That's true. In season two, it's much more of like a anticipation of the hanky-panky. Mm-hmm. So I was, a lot of people are disappointed about that. I wasn't super disappointed. I still enjoyed it a lot. I won't go too far into spoilers though because you haven't finished it and I don't know who else has finished it. But I'm a little mad at some people at the end of the season and a little proud of other people. But I generally liked it. I think it's funny. I have a friend who was like, you know, and people are entitled to their opinion. That's not, I'm not saying I'm right, they're wrong. But they're like, you know, I watched the first season of Bridgerton. I just didn't really feel like it had a plot. And I was like, actually, Bridgerton's based on a series of romance novels. And every novel follows a a Bridgerton child. So, like, 
the third season's been confirmed and it's going to be about Benedict because that's the way the novels go. It's the first yeah. one's about Daphne, then Anthony, then Benedict, then Colin, which I'm ready to see Colin because I love Penelope. Penelope's played by the wee lesbian from uh, Dairy Girls. Ah. Sorry, if you haven't seen Dairy Girls, that sounds totally out of context. She, well, okay, now I'm spoiling Dairy Girls. Anyways, <laughs> in Dairy Girls, her character... They find an anonymous essay by a gay student in their early 90s all-girls strict Catholic school, and they publish it. In the show, they always make fun of how pe- Irish people use the word we to describe everything. So she she comes to her friend, and she's like, it was me, it's my essay, and she's like, because everyone's like, who's the wee lesbian? And she's like, I'm the wee lesbian! Yeah. Because she's actually Irish in real life. So every time I see her, I'm like, it's the wee lesbian! It's cute. And that's what I liked, I think, was Bridgerton was a good choice for me this week because I like the first season and I like the second season so far. It's not a stupid show, but it's not one that requires like an overwhelming amount of thinking to watch it. It's like a comfort show, I guess is what I would call it. But yeah, I so the other thing I watched though, which is very funny, but it, and it melted my heart and then broke it. But I won't ruin why was Our Flag Means Death. I finally finished it. Highly recommend Taika Waititi does it again. Another amazingly entertaining show that is so freaking inclusive and just lovely and heartwarming yet funny. And it just has a lot of heart. I don't know what it is about him. He's so goofy, but he just has so much heart in his films. Like Jojo Rabbit is so freaking goofy, but it's also like telling such a powerful story about hate and prejudice and fighting prejudice in children and you know teaching children to love each other and getting over stuff and it's just it's a really good movie yet he's playing Hitler in a comic way so like it's a very like I don't know how he does it he plays Blackbeard the pirate in this movie I mean this TV show and it is based on I think I might have mentioned this last week. It's based on two real pirates, Blackbeard and Steed Bonnet, who really did know each other. But I have been like scouring the internet. I'm like, did they have a relationship? Because they have a relationship in this. But it's very, it's very well done. And it's very like sweetly done. Yeah. But it's also, it never loses the humor either. But like my little heart broke at the end of this season. So I think it's going to be a long journey for this cast but i like how they ended it because like the way they ended it gave them room for a new story next season and you also don't know if all the characters are going to return because some of their fates are undetermined and people are like separated and i always love those kinds of like endings of seasons even though it's like upsetting you're like oh what's gonna happen next season Mm -hmm. so i can't wait for the second season of our flag means death i know our friend clark just started it because they were posting about it yesterday. And I was like, yay, other people are watching this. Yay. And my friend Kat started watching it. So it's on HBO Max. I highly recommend. But yeah, I yeah, I would definitely say that's a good show. Did you watch anything else other than Bridgerton? I've watched the first episode, five episodes of Bridgerton. I also, my uh, one of my best friends who I was in Portland with is a major BTS fan. I watched probably like six hours worth of B- BTS music videos, uh, which was really, really cool. They're really, really great dancers. And the more I watch them, the more I'm like, okay, yes. I can see the appeal. Absolutely. We watched a little bit of the Grammys because they were performing at the Grammys. But I also watched two shorts and one of them I don't want to give away I'll just tell you the title uh so it's two horse shorts and my friend was like you guys gotta watch this horse short and it's called snake 
dick. Tight. Yeah. And then we watched Tight. another one called Other Side of the Box, which is actually really cool and really creepy. Ooh. Yeah. And so I didn't realize, I was like, ooh, I need to try to get on this channel and watch like more short horror films because I haven't really got the chance to do that. But she introduced me to those you two know, and they were good. So, well, Snake Dick was the funny. The director of Lights Out, mm -hmm. that's how he got to do the movie was he and his wife had been making horror shorts for years. Yeah. And Lights Out was a horror short. Who also directed Shazam and is directed the next Shazam. That's awesome. Which I like Shazam. Yeah. Um, but with that, are we are we ready to move on? Yeah. Yeah, I am if you are. So we are again talking about We Are Still Here. It's a 2015 film on Amazon Prime and it's 84 minutes long, so it's a very sleek film. Uh it was written and directed mm -hmm. by Ted Geigen, who also wrote and directed 2017's Mohawk, and he's gonna be doing the upcoming 2022, so this year, Shutter's exclusive Brooklyn 45, uh, which he also, of course, will write and direct. He has also served as an executive producer on many horror films such as ABC's of Death 2 and ABC's of Death 2.5, Frankenstein, and Dark Ritual. Yeah. And he actually, at some point, worked as a PR person, too. He was the PR guy for Your Next, which is how he met Barbara Crampton, who's in this movie. He's also, like, this whole movie is loosely based on a giallo film, an Italian giallo film called the House by the Cemetery mm -hmm. by Lucio Fulci, who also did, like, the Day of the Dead Italian ripoff zombie. Zombie 2. And Zombie 2. Yeah. And, you know, very much like Argento, Tenebre, which I still need to watch Tenebre, but it's on, I think, Shudder. But, like, I have seen The House by the Cemetery, but it's been years. It's very loosely based on The House by the Cemetery. And a lot of characters are kind of named after characters in that film, too. Mm -hmm. So, and it was so cool. Like, did you read the stuff about how they found like the house yes i love that it's super cool so i will say the house was built in 1859 and due to a very mm -hmm. funny circumstance of events they actually found a house to use built in 1859 which is really cool actually yes one of their producers travis stevens who he just directed a movie with barbara crampton and larry how do you say his last name is it is it uh fessenden yeah fessenden mm -hmm. Who's also in this film called Jacob's Wife that is now on Shutter that we need, I need to watch. It's like her latest movie. It's like a pastor's wife becomes a vampire, mm -hmm. which I found really good. But he also directed Girl on the Girl on the Third Floor, and he was a producer for Starry Eye and Secretary. He was in the art department. Oh wow, so he's in a lot of movies. Yeah, but he was helping them produce this movie, and he had done a movie in this tiny town called Palmyra and Shortsville, or the two towns in upstate New York that they filmed this in, and he had done a movie. And he met this pastor that, like, preaches from an MMA ring. And he encourages his congregation to fight for Jesus. And apparently they made a documentary called Fight Church. Yeah. Like fight Club of Fight Church. And the pastor's name is Paul. And Paul, like, they became friends. And when he said, like, hey, we need this house, they were like, oh, yeah, I found a house. It's built in the same year that the house in the script is built. And the people living there are super cool with it. And they're only living in one wing of the house. So you have the rest of the house to yourself. And they they did. They they set up the house kind of their own way. They furnished it themselves. And so it was so interesting. But apparently, but they also, he and his daughter also play small parts in the film. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was cool. But I was like, that's so funny. And the town was really excited about being a part of this. Yeah, There's even like a bar they use called buffalo bills which apparently is a real bar so that's cool maybe if you're in new york go to buffalo bills they also like were joking like yeah, it was a cliche but that the house actually 
maybe was actually haunted and that doors would like close by themselves all the time and people would feel things in the house. Which adds like another. Although I will say old houses have really crappy door jams too. Uh, so. I will say every like older house I've lived in, like the doors are always weird. To me, it is like kind of creepy because they also said, and part of it because probably because part of the film was filmed in like New York and it gets very, very cold there. Yeah. But they said it was ungodly cold, like throughout the whole shoot. Like it was just freezing. Yeah, they filmed it in February. Uh huh. Yeah, it was very interesting. I think that's hilarious. Also, the director, did you read this about who he studied under? Uh uh-uh. uh. He studied script writing under All in the Family's Carol O'Connor. That's cool. While he was getting an English education degree with an emphasis on Shakespeare. That's cool. That is really cool. And he used to co-write with a German director named Andreas Schnoss. And he co-wrote a Korean blockbuster called The Berlin File. But yeah. It's a, it's a cute little indie movie. It is. And I did want to let the listeners know going into it that the effects were all handled by Autopsy Effects and Marcus Coach. And so the goal was to add nothing digital in the film. So almost every single thing in the movie is practical effects. There's some embers flying off some characters we'll talk about later. That's a little spoilery. <laughs> but other than that... Yeah. Everything else is practical, which when we talk about the last scene in this movie, that's really amazing to think about. There's a lot of gore in this movie. Yeah. And they filmed that scene first, apparently. Mm -hmm. But once you see the movie, you'll be like, how did you... They clean everything up to film the next movie. Especially because it's a real house they're filming in. It's one thing when it's a set, but like when it's a real house, it's like, oh my god. It's kind of fun gore. And if you've seen a Jalo film, which we've all seen Suspiria at this point, but like a lot of them are very gross. Like the Fulci zombie, the zombie movies for Fulci are very gross out, almost. Like there's a lot of like eye gouging and like rotting corpses and grossness. Yeah. So yeah, so again, we are talking about, uh, we are still here, or as I like to jokingly call it, Wash, still grieving the loss of their son. Husband and wife, Paul and Anne, move into an old house where they are definitely not alone, and something wakes up every 30 years. Ooh. It kind of reminds me, like, of It at that point, even though I think what It is every 27 years, maybe? No, it's every 30 years. Yeah, it is a weird year. Like, I'm like, make it even. Yeah. <laughs> But with that, we are officially going to get into spoilers. Please go watch it on Amazon Prime if you don't want anything spoiled for you. Or or go ahead and hop to our little comments at the end. But we are officially beginning. So this movie, by the way, it never says it, but it is set in 1979. Is the year the movie said. Yeah. It kind of vaguely says it because it talks about last time this happened in 49. Mm-hmm. But, oh, yeah. And they yeah. do say every 30 years. But they don't explicitly say... It's 1979, yeah. which is fine. Now, I do think it's funny, though, because you can kind of get a sense in the 70s by the way everyone's dressed anyway. Yes, and the furniture. And the alcohol that's in there because it's like B and J scotch, but it's like a copycat of J and B scotch that they use in like the thing in a lot of 70s movies. I was like, oh, hey. Also, I love that the last name is very Italian. Sacchetti. Yes. 
is that a reference that I didn't get, or did he just pick an Italian last name because he was trying to be pay homage to Italian shallows? Which I believe it. That would be that would make sense for sure. So it's a snowy like landscape, and I love because we've talked about this before, and they purposely did it for this reason. Not a lot of horror films are set in the snow. It's not as common. Usually, it's like in the summer yeah. or like on the campgrounds or something. But this is a snow snowy landscape, and it's also the protagonists are people in like their fifties, which is very uncommon in horror films yeah. too. Yeah, I love that aspect. I of like it. that. It's really cool. You know what he said? He actually he didn't directly say he was inspired, but what it reminded him of was the Changeling because it's like these very mm. grounded people put in this impossible situation where they're like their beliefs are forced to like change due to the situation they're in. Yeah. So, which is, yeah. I love the changeling, and we've done it before, so I thought that was really cool. Yes. So, we got Paul and Anne Sachetti are driving to their new home, and do you want to take away who mm-hmm. Paul and Anne are? So, Anne, or, he always calls her Annie, so I wrote Annie in all of my notes, just because, I don't know. Yeah. But they are played by Barbara Crampton, mm-hmm. who, you should know who Barbara Crampton is, because she is in Reanimator, and you're next... So we've already done, this is oh, our third Barbara No, Crampton no, no. Movie. This is our fourth Barbara Crampton. Yeah, she was in Lords of Salem, too. <gasps> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> She's in Lords of Salem. I was like, I'm missing something. Actually, there's two people that are in Lords of Salem that mm-hmm. are in this movie. And she also did a lot of soap operas. Mm-hmm. Called The Bold and the Beautiful was one of them. And she just recently did Jacob's Wife. Um, And she's like, after your next, she kind of has gotten back into being like, she's like the horror mom. Mm-hmm. Like she's playing everybody's like cool horror mom. But Andrew Sesenik plays Paul and he was in Upstream Color, oh. which is a movie that's on my list. Me too. I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard nothing but good things about it. He's also on the TV show that my parents are obsessed with called Manifest that they keep trying to get me to watch, which is like lost, but a plane disappears for two years and everybody thinks everyone's dead on the Manifest. And then it magically arrives and they don't even know that it's been two years. And apparently he plays a recording role on several episodes of Daredevil, which is now going to be on Disney Plus, no longer on Netflix. Um, but they're driving to their new home. Paul's optimistic why Anne is obviously upset about something. And of course, because she's grieving. The home is old. And like, so the first thing we see, Anne comes in and they have put a picture of their son who's passed away on the wall. And she doesn't want it there. So she goes and puts it like on like a dresser. And our director Sean Hughes has actually placed their son in photos which I thought was pretty funny so they just got the art director they were like hey come here you're gonna be Bobby in these photos so Anne puts this picture and then that night they're like watching TV together and something like blows the picture down and the tile flashes it's like boom and it's like, we are still here. So it's like, oh, so it's like very much setting the atmosphere and like they're lonely and they're grieving. And it's like, and there's obviously a haunted yeah. house. And I, I kind of like that kind of like, let's let's set the tone for what's going to happen. So Anne's like putting, finding some Bobby stuff and she hears a thump in the basement because of course she fucking hears a thump in the basement. And she finds her son's baseball glove it's down there. Yeah, that's where the fumps are in the basement. And she finds Bobby's baseball glove. And they have what I like to call the paranoid camera angles. And what I mean by that is like in this movie, <laughs> a lot of the times you'll like the focus will be on the actor. And then you see something walk behind them or something standing behind them. Mm-hmm. And that's like a very common A lot of Dutch thing. angles too. Yeah. 
As the movie goes on and things get crazier, they'll do, like, a wide shot of the house, but it'll be at a Dutch angle, and you're like, oh. Yeah. It's getting intense when you bring out those Dutch angles. I know. It's just, just, like, a sideways angle if you don't know what a Dutch angle is. I don't know. I like it because it just, like, the whole time, like, the first time I watched this, I was kind of watching it through my eyes because I was so scared. I was like, what's going to happen? Like, these things are just, like, behind her at any fucking given moment in the entire movie. But... She later tells Bob, she's like, I feel Bobby in the house. And Bob and Paul is like, you know, honey, he's in our hearts, but he's not with us in the house. Like, he's definitely yeah. more skeptical than she is. Yeah, but there's other stuff that keeps happening. Mm-hmm. Like, when she goes to the basement, she finds Bobby's baseball glove just, like, yeah. in the back of the basement. Yeah. And then, this was where the changeling reference was for me. His baseball that she just had in a box yeah. just goes down the stairs. And I was like, oh. Yeah. I don't know. Ever since the change thing, I'm like, mm, a little ball bouncing down the stairs does yep. not sit right with me. It doesn't. Yeah. But also the house is like unbearably like it gets hot in the basement, like unbearably so. Yeah. So Paul like is always like, I need a tech electrician out here because it feels like it's 100 degrees and it constantly smells like smoke because of course it does. And so the photo breaks and Anne's like, oh my God, it's Bobby. He hated this photo. And it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's not Bobby. Shit happens. But that's when Dave McKay, their neighbor, comes by with his wife. And yes, Dave McKay. Immediately creepy. Yes by the way. Yeah. Like, he's too friendly. He's like, hey, the neighbor. But he's played by Monty Markham, who looks like he was, like, a figurehead of 70s television. Because he, like, guest starred in a lot of stuff, including, like, The Love Boat and things like that. But it looks like The Six Million Dollar Man, he did a lot of, a couple episodes of that. He was on Baywatch. Mm-hmm. And Murder, she wrote several times. in Dallas. And then his wife, Kat, is played by Connie Near. Who this this and like a couple short films are really her only credits, but the only other film I saw in there was Grace is Gone. Mm-hmm. So she's it seems like this was maybe one of her only movies. They both are very cat uh, is very much like y'all need to get out of this house, but Dave is very. I don't know. He gives off a weird vibe. Yeah. And he immediately decides to tell him a really creepy, creepy story. Yeah. So he was like, yeah, your home was a funeral parlor at the turn of the century. And he elaborates about the Dagmar family saying they were burying empty coffins. And it kind of reminded me like, the coffins were empty. You moved the coffins, but you didn't move the bodies. You didn't move the bodies. You didn't move the bodies. Or the, the gravestones. Yeah, yeah. You didn't move the headstones. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And so yeah. we're talking about poltergeists, obviously. So he's like, yeah, they were burying empty coffins and selling the bodies. So we ran him out of town, or the old town folks ran him out of town. And he drank himself yeah. to death after him and his wife and little girl, like, were forced to leave. And so Kat starts yeah. to freak out. And that's when they leave. And she puts a note in their hand. She's like, the house needs a family. Get out. And so, of course, the, but then, yeah. But then he's like, he freaks me out at this point because he's like, he's like, a house needs, he doesn't really sound like this, but I feel like this is how creepy people talk. Ah, this house, it's been 30 years since this house has had a family and it needs one. It needs a fresh family. And you're like, um, that's weird. And Paul's like, well, I think we can call it the Sashetti house now. And he's like, it's still Dagmar's house. Yeah. And then he just creepily walks out. I was like, what? fuck is wrong with you it's like when your neighbor is like oh the smiths built your house and oh my god like they won't acknowledge that like their neighbor moved and you're like um it's my house now thank you very much yes but it it gets more sinister than that oh yeah Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that we'll get to that 
Yeah, and so the technician Joe comes by and he tells Paul, he's like, yeah, Paul, just do what you need to do. I'm going to fix this. And so Anne suggests that Jacob and May come by saying, hey, May says that people have paid her to do seances. So May is played by Lisa Marie, who also was a, I think, a smaller role in Lords of Salem. She played Priscilla, which I could not quite remember who Priscilla was, but I think it was a smaller part. But that movie had a lot of cameos by horror Mm -hmm. scream queens. She also was played Vampira, Vampira in Edward, and she played the blonde lady in Mars Attacks. But the thing that I most remember her for is Lady Crane, mm-hmm. aka Ichabod's mom, in the flashback sequences of Sleepy Hollow. Also, some of the most frightening sequences. Yeah, that sequence. It's spoilers. Uh, it's not really a spoiler because she's dead when the movie starts. But it's pretty, pretty depressing and terrifying. It is. I love that movie though. And then Jacob Lewis is played by. Larry Fessenden, who is an actor and director, he does a lot of indie horror films, including, like we said, Jacob's Wife with Barbara Crampton, a movie called Southbound, which we have, it's been on our list, I've heard a lot of good things about Southbound, it's like, um, I do believe the one that he's in is the anthology film, and then he's also, he was in Your Next and Session 9, and then I found this interesting, because this is one of my favorite video games, and it's a horror video game called Until Dawn, he wrote the script for Until Dawn. Yeah, which is so cool. And I was like, which Remy Malik is in, it also Hayden Panettiere, and just a couple other people in there. But yeah, if you haven't played Until Dawn on the PS4, you definitely should. So if you're listening, uh, Larry, thank you for writing that script. I love that game. It's great. So he's all over the place. He's got like a really cool career. Yeah. He does a lot of different stuff. And I love Jack that too. Traits. Yeah, it's awesome. And so they, she says that Jacob may come by. And she also says that Harry, who is Bobby's friend and roommate, and who Harry's also May and Jacob's son, may come up to with his girlfriend, Danny. Also, so, like, May is, like, clairvoyant. Yeah. But, like, she's very specific. Like, they keep joking about, like, waving crystals. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem like May is quite as eccentric as people think. But while they're discussing this upstairs, Joe's attacked by three different creatures in the basement. But luckily... Yeah. He, and they burn him. Yeah. But he survives since Anne and Paul are home and they hear him scream. So he's very, very lucky. Yes. But Anne reiterates that she feels something again before a pitcher jumps off the wall and she's like, I smell smoke. So... May tells Annie, they arrive at the house, May and I just, oh my god, why did I just blank on poor, uh, Jacob's name. Larry? Yeah. Larry? Larry. Larry. Yes, thank you. Is his name Jacob in the movie, though? And the actor that plays him is Larry, right? So, the yeah. actor is Larry, the character is Jacob. Jacob. Yeah. Okay. So, but May, May and Jacob arrive and they tell Annie they want Harry at the house because they're like, him and Bobby were close and they may still be. So she's suggesting that. And Jacob suggests that they show him around town and get some a bite to eat. So there's these two scenes are juxtaposition with one another. So they go to this burger joint yeah. in town. Everyone looks like them, at them like they're fucking aliens. And meanwhile, Harry and his girlfriend Danny make their way to the house and he explains that Bobby yeah. was killed in a car accident after being hit by a flatbed truck yeah and i will say like the first time i saw this movie i was like (laughs) so i don't don't know if i've told this story on the podcast or not but many years ago i was hanging out with my boyfriend at the time in kind of a backwoods area of alabama and he was like let's go to this steakhouse the steakhouses i'm used to is like logan's and longhorn and you know some non-chain restaurants but you know like, not crazy upscale, but, like, you're eating your steak off a plate, right? Like mm-hmm. a like a ceramic plate, right? Yeah. We go to this place, and 
First of all, we had to wait, which is fine if it's delicious. But they handed us our steak on a styrofoam plate. Oh, where? And I was kind of like, um, yeah, I thought it was just off. But yeah. I was like, okay, whatever. But the whole time I was eating, it was like the first time when I lived in this area that like, <laughs> like I knew no one, like, like everyone thought I was an outsider because I'm sitting there trying to quietly and politely eat my steak and there was a man in overalls no shirt just overalls staring at me as I eat my steak and he never stopped staring at me wow. the entire time I was there and the, the, the Buffalo Bill restaurant scene reminds me of that because they walk in everybody looks at them nobody says anything except for the barkeep slash owner whose name is Maddie who's played by Susan Gibney who was in Crossing Jordan, Lost, and a bunch of Star Trek TV series. If my dad's listening, Star Trek, Next Generation, and Deep Space Nine, which his favorite is Deep Space Nine. But I was like, I was like, oh my God, I have been in this situation. And okay, we live, this is supposed to take place in Massachusetts, but we live in Alabama. When you talk fast and don't have a southern accent and you move out to the country, some parts of the country just don't trust you. They're like, where are you from? Kind of thing. And it's always like a little, it's a little frightening. I gotta say. Yeah. So I did not feel comfortable. But yeah, this reminded me of that. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh my God, it's like the steakhouse. You're just like, oh my that God. That man never stopped staring at me. It was so terrifying. Oh, it no. Like, it's a, it, it was just it's terrifying but at least it makes for a good story uh and i guess we should go back to the film real quick did you have uh any information about harry and danny's actors i did so harry is played by michael patrick nicholson who they, they both were in the same movie we are we not cats yes but he was also in nobody's watching and sadistic intentions um it looks like he is currently like very active actor and Danny is played by, or Daniela, or da- but he calls her Danny, is played by Kelsey Dakota. The only other movie other than Are We Not Cats was The Apple Yard. I don't know if she's as active in it as an actor, but I thought they both did a good job. Yeah. But yeah, they are driving upstate as their parents are having this awkward dinner encounter. It does seem like, I guess all rural areas have that kind of like, we don't trust outsiders feel. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, not everywhere, because I've certainly been to places in rural Alabama, and people are very sweet and nice. Yeah. So why Harry and Danny arrive at the house, Anne explains the history of the house, and May asks her, she's like, are you sure the energy you're feeling is Bobby's? Because, yeah, a bunch of shit happened in your house. Meanwhile, Harry and his girlfriend, they arrive at the house, and why getting comfortable on the couch, as the youngsters do... They hear a bang and Harry goes to the cellar to investigate because of course he fucking does. And as Danny comes to the top of the staircase to be like, what's going on? Why did he go down the stairs? I know. To me. I know. I was like, there is no way in hell. But as Sanity comes to the top of the staircase, something, something Obera Martells Harry and kills him. So it's like literally like puts its fingers in his eye yeah. sockets and just splatters his brain. It almost like melts him. It's almost like yeah. um, Daenerys' brother. What the hell is oh, Viserys. Viserys. Yeah. Like, it's almost like Viserys stuff. Yeah, and you're just like, ugh. And meanwhile, this is how we know May really does have, like, some clairvoyancy, because when this happens, it's like she senses the exact moment he's killed, and she starts crying, and she's like, I don't know what's wrong, I don't know what's wrong. Yeah. But poor Danny, she runs out of the house, she gets in the car, she does everything that a person should do in this situation, which gets the fuck away yeah. from the situation, and yet something but... impels her from the back seat In the car. Yes. It's like a hand through her chest, which was a very 
very good gore scene. Yeah. I liked all of the gore in this movie. It was very good. Yeah. So you're just like, motherfucker. So these poor kids are dead. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So anyway, the, the rents come back late at night and the note's still on the door and they're like, well, I guess they didn't make it. Which this was the only like negative thing about this movie mm-hmm. was continuity bothered me because Danny's wearing a very distinctive like black hat and they're both wearing coats and they take them off and set them behind the couch. Oh, yeah. When they come in. I did not see her grab them as she ran out of the house. So I thought when the parents came home, they were going to see their coats. I thought they were going to come home, see that the note was on the door and not see the car and be like, oh, I guess they didn't get here. And then like, I thought they were going to find the hat somewhere and be like, oh my God, they did come home. What happened to Harry and Danny? But then they never, they, they were just disappeared. So I was like, did the demons do some housework for them? Yeah. Like, I was very confused. Yeah. But that was the only like, that was the only continuity thing that I was just kind of like, like, I think there was like some modern cars in the background of some driving sequences, but you can only limit that so much. Yeah. So that doesn't really bother me. But I was like, what happened to our hat and their coat? Oh, you're right. I didn't even think about that. Sorry. No, that's smart. I thought, but that was, that was the only thing that, the only negative thing about this movie was, was like, what happened? It's coat gate. What happened to the coat? Oh. Well, you're right. But we do see the next scene is the lady bartender, Maddie. She's talking to a new waitress. And she's like, what do the people at the table talk about? And meanwhile, there's knocking at the bar door. And she sends the new waitress to tell the people that they're closed. And then you hear a gunshot. Yeah. Which was like, I still don't understand why they had to kill the waitress. I know. Even watching the movie twice. I was like, really? The fuck? Oh, I know. It's so sad. she's new? Yeah. It's like, I guess because she doesn't know what's going on in the town. But Dave's like, like you know what we gotta do? We gotta. Well, it kind of sounds like Jimmy Stewart yeah. now. We gotta. We gotta do this. We gotta. If, if we don't take the town, <laughs> we don't sacrifice these people. They're going to rip through the town. Just like they did in Florida now. Yeah. Like that's, He's like, it's, it's like it's, that it's, weird preacher It's going to spread through the town like I a plague. It. It's going to spread through the town like a plague. So, you know what happened in Florida now, right? Yeah. They couldn't, they didn't, we didn't give them a family. And so it spread through the town and it found all the families. And you're just like, oh, and his poor wife tries to interject. He's like, shut up, Cat. Yeah. And like, oh my God. And he's really mean. He's really mean to Cat, by the way. He tells her, like, shut up multiple he's times. He's really mean to her. Yeah. That's really sad. to her. And she's just like this little lady. I liked her. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Oh, and meanwhile, like, May and Jacob are, like, getting comfortable at the house while they're having this discussion. So basically, this is where they do, like, kind of a little explanation, because they mention, if you couldn't hear through my creepy preacher voice, the town, ever since the, the Dagmar fiasco, whatever happened, every 30 years, the, the house demands a sacrifice. And if there's not a family in there to sacrifice it'll curse the town and so the town takes it upon themselves to make sure that that family stays but usually it's within two weeks the family's already dead yeah so the fact that they've been there two weeks and nothing's happened they're like oh my god if we don't sacrifice this family it's gonna curse our town which we'll get more into it but that's basically what he's there it was a good way to you know do the exposition they didn't linger on it too badly yeah 
No, I agree with that. And we cut back to the house and May explains that she's like, I don't feel Bobby. And it's something, she's like, it's something I want you to believe it's Bobby, but it's not Bobby. And a lot of death. Yeah, a lot of death. Like, she's like, we don't want to mess with this. But that night, Paul wakes in the middle of the night and uh, he sees feet under the door. And May in another room cries no. And the doll, the door opens and the Dagmar appears as Paul wakes up screaming. And so the next day, both Paul and May say they saw something at, they saw something the night before. Which, I don't, I don't know if we've described how they look. No, we haven't. Yeah, but they kind of, they kind of look like lava monsters. Yeah. Like, I hate to say it, but they're like, they're very obviously a figure of a father, mother, and, and girl. And you can tell that they're burnt, but they also have like these kind of like cracks within them that are like almost like eternal flames. Mm-hmm. Like they're burning all the time. Yeah. So at first, like I wasn't sure it was Dagmar, but it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And the only CGI in the movie is that there's faint embers that like come off of them. At all times. Yeah. And so everything else is practical except for those embers, which is really, really cool if you watch yeah. the movie because... It's yeah, really good makeup. It's really it's good. It's a really good makeup job. Yeah. It wasn't like they just had people dress in like 1800s pilgrim hats or something and then just like put ashes on them. Like they look otherworldly, but they also look human. Yeah. That's why I liked it because they... When I first saw the pictures of them, I was like, oh, is it a demon? And then like when you get more of the story throughout the movie, you're like, oh... No, it's a person. Yeah. But, like, that's what makes it interesting, I think. Yeah, I like I like that makeup effect, too. Like, it's really cool. Because, like you said, it makes them look otherworldly, but you know they're humans. And when you find out... Yeah. The movie doesn't... The movie doesn't give you all the answers, but in the interviews I was reading, they went more into the backstory of the Dagmars, and it's really sad. It's very sad. Yeah, it's very sad. But Anne suggests that her and May go grocery shopping and leave the boys to some alone time. And literally, Jacob's like, don't worry, baby. We won't conduct a seance as soon as you leave. But then as soon as they leave, they conduct a seance. So. Yeah. <laughs> Which is unfortunate. Yeah. Because Jacob gets possessed by Dagmar. Oh, I love the scene. He's so good. And he did all of his own stunts. Yeah. Like, it's really good. It's I would say it is scary, but it's a scary possession scene, but I wouldn't feel like it was, like, weird. Yeah. Like, it didn't weird me out. It just seemed like, well, because I think because you know who the ghost is, mm-hmm. the spirit that's possessing him, because I think that's less scary, because I'm like, oh. And it also gives you some exposition. But while they're out at town, too, like, Annie meets Mr. McCabe, and she's just like, I don't like him. And I was like, we're all the same, but, because May is clairvoyant, as we but yeah, they come home after their excursion. Yeah. And all hell has broken loose. <laughs> Pun intended. Yeah. And literally, like, the first thing they see is, like, so at this point, Paul has, because Jacob is, like, you need to tie me up because he comes to his senses before Dagmar completely takes him over. Paul gags him with a sock. And the first thing May and Anne walk in on is, <gasps> is Jacob eating the sock that he's being gagged with. <laughs> It is. It's amazing. So all this shit's happening. They're freaking out because obviously Jacob is possessed. The phone rings and it's Kat with a knife in her side. Yeah. Yep. And lots of blood. Lots of blood. And she's like, Dagmar's not the one you need to worry about. So you're like, oh, fuck. Like... Yeah, and then Annie comes back in the room and May's screaming at 
Jacob slash Dagmar because he's like, he's like, your boy and his harlot are dead. And she's like, my boy's not dead. And Amy mentions like, oh, what you did to the town. And Dagmar's like, what I did to the town, what the town did to me. And he's like, my family, we were good people. So the Dagmars didn't build the house. Mm -mm. The town built the house for the Dagmars. Yes. And apparently they dug up some old gods, which I don't think I read what you read. So I'm not sure exactly what the explanation is, but my feeling is like they disturbed some spirits, Mm -hmm. old gods, or, you know, people probably native American people, because that's what we did in New England and America is we just disturbed everybody's culture. Anyways, um, so they disturbed the old gods, is what I kept calling them, and that is what the quote-unquote evil, the power is in the house, and they sacrificed the Dagmar family. Yes. To them by burning them, I think. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they are like cinder people almost. Oh, I guess that's a better way than like lava people. Cinder people. Yeah. Like cinders because they were burned. And so he's like, no, it's the town that's evil. And that's what Kat's trying to tell her too is like, it's the town that sacrifices because every 30 years, if they don't make a sacrifice to the old gods of the house that they've disturbed, you think we could just like burn the house down and undisturb it? Yeah. You know? I I don't know. But if they don't make a sacrifice, the town is going Yeah, and I guess they, they would have to, like, pour over the area, too, maybe, where it was dug up. But he tells him this, and yeah. then he stabs himself for the Iowa fireplace poker. Yeah, that was pretty gnarly. Mm-hmm. Which is really depressing. And I will say, this is, I really like the main characters, because, again, they were, like, adults. They are like, okay, we're getting the fuck out of here. And they're immediately like, okay, time to go, time to go. We're not going to stay in this house. But unfortunately, the town has already caught up with them. Yeah, so poor May opens the door to leave, and she's shot in the head by Dave. And then Anne and Paul... With a shotgun. Yeah, with a shotgun, yeah. Yeah. And then Anne and uh, Paul, they see the Dagmars, and so they run upstairs. And and they look out the window, and the whole town is, like, coming towards them. By the way, which includes the pastor who got them the house, and his daughter played the Dagmar's daughter. Yeah. And everyone who was in the restaurant, they used for this sequence, too. So continuity was cool with the casting. That is really cool. Which makes sense why they didn't want to talk to them, because... They probably don't want to get close with this family because they know they're going to have to sacrifice them. Yep. And it makes it harder. Yep. Which is depressing. It is depressing. But But in their bedroom, they hear Bobby telling them to leave. So Bobby, at this point, is verified that Bobby is in the house with them because they hear his voice. I think someone tells them, like, you brought him with you when you moved here. Yeah. Because he's still with you. They're like, okay. This is the awesome part. So the townies invade the house and they're killed by the Dagmars in different ways, but all of them are increasingly incredibly violent. So... Yeah. <laughs> there is just blood everywhere. They're being like and the thing is like it's almost like they're like they like melt through the floor yeah. into the basement. Because the house doesn't seem super damaged, but they're like burning through the floor and you'll have these like burning hands just come up and like grab them and stuff. It's great. Cause like they're assholes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like nobody needs to move well, I get I in some ways I get why they're sacrificing people because like they don't want the town to be cursed. Like, I get that they're trying to save the town. But at this point, I'm like, wouldn't you just move away from the town? Yeah, you would think, right? There is one scene that I'm not a fan of. So it's like, there is a person that di- gets, like, disemboweled on the staircase. And it's like a camera angle that spirals like this. Yeah, that was a little weird. I didn't like I that. Yeah, yeah, that was, like, a little bit, like, yeah. cheesy, I guess. In a movie, I didn't feel very cheesy up to yeah. that point. I wonder if there's a scene like that from... 
house by the cemetery maybe that I'm not remembering yeah maybe it's a direct thing because I meant to watch house by the cemetery before this but I got wound up in you know our flag means death and pirates and Bridgerton so yeah I have seen it before. I just can't remember. I don't remember all of it. And at this point, Dave confronts Dagmar asking why Annie and Paul have been allowed to live. And while this is happening, Maddie attempts to sneak up on Annie to stab her. But instead, Annie stabs her with like six fucking kitchen knives, which is awesome. (laughs) Which (laughs) is apparently a copy of a scene from House by the Cemetery. Oh. Because Maggie just kind of falls back and there's, like, blood spurting. I did actually... Or was it ten- ten- Tenebrae? Mm-hmm. It was Tenebrae, yeah. Because it was Argento. Okay. That's the only reason I remembered. But yeah. Which I thought that was cool. Yeah, it's really cool. There's, like, a painter's curtain up. And it's, like, a white sheet and blood just sprays mm-hmm. on it. So, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's wicked. And this is the thing you're talking about. Because they go back downstairs and Dave's like, you can't leave your little boy here. He's here with you. You brought him with you. And he's like, give into it. And then Dagmar just squeezes his head until it caves in. His skull caves in. So, oh, it's yeah. great. Yeah, it's so, <laughs> so much blood. Yes, it's like, okay. So much. You had that coming. You had that coming, Dave. So, but then this is interesting to me because the Dagmars, they look at Annie and Paul, they hold hands and then they disappear with the flash into the light. So it's like very interesting. I'm like, were they, why, why did they suddenly leave then? And I think I may have an idea, but I just don't know if it's right or not. So I watched it twice and like Annie walks and then Paul walks to the door of the basement and goes, hi, Bobby. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we are still here. Yes. And I was kind of like, oh. Okay. But then there's a there's an extra scene after the credits. Did you see the extra scene? I did, yeah. And then there's also, I didn't catch this till the second time, and not even the close captioning caught this the second time. So you're right, Paul says, hey, Bobby, and you can hear a voice very faintly go, hey, Dad, back. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, one. very, very but faintly. There's like an extra scene where it's just like, which honestly was the scariest scene in the whole movie because you're like, what the fuck's gonna happen? Because mm-hmm. it's just the living room. There's nothing going on in the living room. But then the piano just goes plink. Yeah. I was like, oh, God terrifying but then like the credits show like newspaper clippings so they show the local mortuary being built and then suddenly the livestock start dying the crops fall drought pops up miscarriages rates go up and the rivers run black so all this shit happens to the town and then at the very end it shows the house being for sale like it like it shows a clipping of the house for sale in the newspaper so you're like oh fuck they're like yeah they're right like all this shit was happening so do you think Paul and Annie went to the afterlife with Bobby? I... Or do you think they just decided to live at the house? I, you know, the very first time I watched it, I thought maybe they died too. But then I don't know. I don't know if they decide to live in the house or not. I don't know. That would be a lot of blood to clean up and a lot of dead townspeople to explain. Because suddenly it's like, yeah. what, like 60% of the town is dead in their house? Like, so. yeah. Well, I mean, it was like 10 people. Yeah. Because a lot of them left. That's right. They did run away. Terror. Yeah. That's why, like, I wasn't sure if they, if they were trying to imply that they died or if they were going to stay at the house. He did get asked over and over again. They're like, would you plan to do a sequel? And he's like, no, this is a standalone film. And I feel like Paul and Anne's story began with the movie and ended with the movie. But he made a joke that he thought about doing a prequel or what he called a creepful. And it would be about the Dagmars, which is really interesting. But there's never going to be a sequel to this movie. That would be interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, this movie was such an interesting little haunted house flick. Like, we haven't done, like, a true haunted house movie in a while. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it. Did you want to go over the pros and cons or do you want me to go over my pros and cons first? I mean, 
I didn't have a lot. I already said, like, my one con was, like, did the demons clean up the house? Yeah. The hat? That was really the only con I had. And then, like, like that spinny scene, that was kind of weird, too. Yeah. But, like, not not a lot of, like, everything was good. I will say, like, the girl who played Danny, there was some line delivery that was a little bit community theater mm-hmm. for me. But she's in such a little part of the movie. And, you know, she did fine. Like, it's an independent movie. But I really like Barbara Crampton in this. And uh, I liked all the four main characters. I liked May and Jacob. I thought it was an interesting dynamic because Annie and Paul are a little more straight-laced, traditional, and May and Jacob are kind of, like, new-agey. And, but they become friends. And, like, there's even, like, this whole thing where, like, Annie and May separately tell their husbands, like, hey, get along with so-and-so because, like, we don't want you guys fighting. But then, like, they, like, you know, start joking over dinner and they're like, oh, they're kind of cool. And I love that it was, like, an older couple. Because they're not old. I would say they're, like, middle-aged, but, like, empty nesters. Yeah. Like, you don't often get them to be your, like, horror movie leads. And they are so grounded that it's an interesting look at a horror film. And I like, I mean, I you know, you and I love grief horror. So this was an interesting form of grief horror. It didn't focus so much on the grief, but it was more subtext. Yeah. But it was there. I liked it, though. I thought it was really good, and I do want to see more from this director. Did you have any pros or cons? Yeah, so uh, the pros for me were the practical effects, and I love that there's an older protagonist in a scary movie. I love that it's winter setting, and I love all the nods to classic car. Like, it's like, it's not really a slow burn, but the tension does slowly mount throughout the movie, which made it a very enjoyable experience watching it. Now, my cons was... Honestly, and this is a rarity for me, I didn't, I still liked it, but I did not enjoy it as much the second time around watching it. And I think it's because okay. even though I love the practical effects, I thought they were amazing. I'm also a bit more of a fan of the less is more approach. So we mm-hmm. got to see the Dagmars relatively early in the film because there was a few jump scares with them in there, even though you only saw them for seconds. Mm-hmm. Also, I know the director is a fan of like, he wants a film to have more questions and the answers because he thinks it, it promotes discussion. But I still don't know why they didn't kill the electrician Joe. And I still don't understand why Annie and Paul mm-hmm. were allowed to live so long. I think what Annie and Paul is maybe because Bobby was there protecting them. But I still don't know why they let the, ele- yeah. the electrician live. That's still like a interesting thing to me. I don't know why they let the electrician live. Did you have a rating in a Grindhouse Girls rating? I did. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Solid haunted house film. Lots of gore. Good acting. Not too long. I think it's a solid movie. Uh, it might be closer to a 7 than an 8, but I'm gonna give it a 7.5 because I do think it's one if you're a fan of like these kinds of movies you definitely should watch it. I too gave it a 7.5. Completely agree. <gasps> completely agreeing with you that it does lean a little bit more close to a 7 and I almost gave it a 7 but just I had to give it kudos for the atmosphere and for the casting honestly it kind of elevated it a little bit in my eyes yeah there's something there's something extra there Mm -hmm. that I think that's why this one has remained on our watch list for a long time because I've heard about it for a while I did have a Grindhouse Girls rating I only have one this week rated H for housewarming hellfire oh okay I like it I have two I rated it E for electric and exploding heads. I also rated it A for angry apparitions. I like that 
the first one better. Yeah. I like rated E. Yeah, rated E for electricians and exploding heads. Because there's a few heads that explode in this one. But yeah, so that was... I don't think there's anything else to say about this movie. Oh, uh, no. We're missing I anything. think that's everything, honestly. So next week, I pick one, and then the week after, I think we're having a guest, right? Yeah, the week after next, we are having a guest. You're right. We won't say who it is yet until it's final. Yes. So, just in case scheduling follows through next week yes we are going to do a very infamous movie that has not been streaming for a very long time so we're going to take advantage of the fact that it is currently streaming on shutter and i have watched this movie once i mentioned a couple weeks ago we are going to tackle irreversible from gaspar noe Mm -hmm. it's streaming on shutter it was streaming on tubi but i think it's off tubi now but check too because maybe it's still on there i'm going to give a bit of a disclaimer this is not really a spoiler because this movie is told in backwards chronological order so this all happens in the front half of the movie there is a very graphic sexual assault sequence so if that is something that is going to trigger you or disturb you in any way don't watch it it wasn't as bad as i thought it was going to be for me because i have there are other sexual assault sequences that i have not been able to watch but i will say just so you know the actress who plays the victim in this scene she basically directed that entire scene because she needed to be in control for it so they did not put her in any physical danger but even she can't watch that sequence now so it is a lot i do think there's a purpose to this which is why i can stay in this kind of stuff in Gaspar in a way because I do think even though he likes to shock audiences it does seem like he is trying to tell a bigger picture but it's a lot so I just want to give that trigger warning because I don't want anyone who doesn't know what's going on in this movie to have something trigger a trauma response because I would not blame you if it is because it is very realistic I also want to give a little trigger warning because the only other controversial there's a lot of controversial stuff in this movie it's a very controversial film but the beginning sequence takes place in a situation where there's a lot of sex happening on screen very much like climax but it's very like dizzying but also like there's some like some slurs that are said that i don't think was meant to be homophobic but a lot of people have been very uncomfortable with that language so i just want to give that warning too so anyways so we're gonna do a reversible it's a lot but we're gonna try to tackle it with mature subject matter anyways that being said, sorry, I'll stop talking about Irreversible and say that we love you guys. And it's time to say good night, good day, good morning, whatever. We have a new Supreme Court justice. I'm really excited about that. Just, yeah, I'm very excited about that. I'm also really saddened by everything going on in Ukraine. But take your vitamins, wash your hands, hug your hug your babies and your fur babies. Enjoy life as you can. And don't forget how, how special we have it to be in a generally peaceful place, even though I know there's shitty stuff going on in the world make sure you vote in your local elections because that's how you change things but i love you guys we love you guys (laughs) thank you for listening thank you for all the extra listens i don't i guess everyone likes the piano teacher because we it like blew up this week um so thanks for listening to that thanks jim cummings for reaching out to us yeah listening to the podcast and giving us feedback on the beta test episode we might have said it last week i can't remember we love jim whirlwind we love jim and we can't wait we we can't wait for jim and pj's next movie so we're excited already yeah it was very sweet that you actually he apparently gardens oh listened to it while he was gardening and that just made my also i feel like on his youtube special like he his backyard looks cool. 
from what I saw. Yeah. I hope his dogs are well. Yes, his puppies. So, anyways, that was really cool, guys. So, thank you for sharing, and thank you to filmmakers who give us feedback. Yeah. Um, Guys, we love you. Um, We appreciate each and every one of you. Um, For you out there listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I hope uh, you're enjoying your day. Thank you for letting us be some small part of your day. Uh, Whether you are gardening like our friend Jim, or whether you're just kind of (laughs) hanging around the house, maybe doodling and listening. yeah. I think we're going to have lunch with Jim. I know. Our friend Jim. Like, <laughs> Sorry, we're just going to go a, hang out with Jim, Jim. we're not that creepy. Sorry. No, no, we're, we're not. not. We're not. We may have been a little bit of fangirls when we read the message and call each other, but we're not that creepy. I did um, scare the shit out of Gizmo screaming. But. Yes. Yes. I was literally texting Katie when she called me. You know, we, we hope you enjoy your day, and thank you for listening to your friendly neighborhood, Grindhouse Girls. Drink some water, guys. I think Katie touched a lot on what's going on in our world. It is a crazy, crazy time um, we live in for our world. And um, at the end of the day, when you feel helpless, just remember to be kind and take care of each other and take care of yourselves. That's very, very important. All my love. Self-care. Yes, self-care. All my love. All of our love. We just look forward to seeing you next week. Um, Same spoopy time, same spoopy channel. Absolutely. Stay spoopy, y'all. Bye. 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 Bye, everybody. Grindhouse Girls Podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Ray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty-free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is contactus at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.